Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Good morning. It's a real honor, as it always is, to preach here and just to sort of be invited to come up and even to play and stuff. It's, it's always an honor. As Phil said, we came here, um, it's been 10 years ago now. Long time ago, I was a little bit younger and slimmer back then. Actually, I wasn't slimmer, was I? I was quite large. Um, so we had just an incredible time here under the ministry of Pete Cavanna and obviously with, with Phil and Emma as well. So God does some incredible things in our life while we were here. We felt it was then right to move back to the southwest and um, help out various churches down there. But um, it's always a privilege to do anything like this. And um, it's, it's great to be part of a church which are so hungry for the presence of God. It's great to, be, to, to see people so desperate to get hold of him. And in worship this morning, just... Um, just looking out at you guys, just seeing you, just, just really reaching out to God is a beautiful thing. I've preached at some churches and um, they're slightly different. And, uh, you know, God, God loves all these churches and stuff and they're doing some great things in their own way. But, I mean, I preached at a church not so long ago. Um, there's about 15 people there, um, which, again, I know it's not about the numbers and that's, that's absolutely cool. Um, but it was, it was probably one of the hardest preachers that I've ever had to do. And um, the, the, the minister there was saying to me, uh, yes, last, this time last year we, uh, we had 20 people, um, but he said that row there all died last year. I thought, that's great. A brilliant way to start off a message. He said this just before the meeting and, and uh, a couple of other comments came from somebody as well, which kind of like sort of really sort of knocks you down. <laughs> and you think, now I've got to stand and minister the word of God. But this morning... Um, I've got, I've got something which I really do believe God has laid on my heart for you today. Lee mentioned a few things this morning. One of the things he said was about there's times when you um, have to say things which are hard. And there's times when we have to receive things which are hard. So you're going to still like me after my message. <laughs> you might not like me now. but um, My title this morning is called What's Under Your Mask? What's under your mask? Let me just start off with that, just a couple of stories. There's, um, this one was story was particularly set in the USA. Once there was this man in his car. He was sat at some traffic lights. While the lights were on red, he decided to look through some paperwork which he had on his passenger seat. Whilst he was doing this, the lights turned green. The driver behind him began honking his horn, slamming his hands on the wheel, steering wheel, shouting at the top of his voice in anger, and he was furiously waving his hands at this man in front to move his car. Then then finally, the man in front drove off, and the angry guy behind just made it through the lights when he noticed the police car. Lights started flashing and pulled him over. He stopped the car, and the police officer drew out his gun and ordered the man to lay on the floor. Whilst protesting to the officer, he said, What have I done wrong? Why are you arresting me? police officer said, I'm arresting you because I saw you shouting, honking your horn, bashing your steering wheel and waving your hands. Then I noticed that there was a uh, cross on the windscreen, a Jesus loves you sticker and a fish symbol on the back of your car and realized this car must be stolen. Sometimes our actions don't match up to, uh, to our claims. 
Another story, um, one day as a deacon trying to impress upon a class of boys the importance of living a Christian life. He asked the class, why do people call me a Christian? And after a short silence, the young boy spoke up and said, maybe it's because they don't know you. Another time a Christian man and his wife were sitting down having a chat and a cup of tea when his wife said to him, I know, why don't we do something different today? Like what the husband replied. Well, the wife said, why don't you be charming at home and grouchy at church? There's only a couple of laughs. Okay. You know, I feel that um, just hearing what's happening in this church and what God is doing with you guys and, and where you're going with the evangelism and, and the, the, the steps of faith that you're taking. And I often hear um, reports, as it were, back from Phil and, and Pete and just even on, on the world of Facebook about some of the great things that God's doing amongst you, the healings and, and the different stuff. That is awesome. And that's always encouraging to see that in any church. And if we really want to see more things happening, if we, if we really want to know the true power of God, the true anointing of God in our lives, in our churches, then there's times when we have to take our masks off and stop hiding what's underneath. There's times when we need to get real with God. We've heard that already this morning. 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. Most of my texts will, uh, will come from the message version this morning because it puts things slightly more strongly, I think, uh, certainly in a way that I would understand a lot easier. And it kind of works sort of better with what I'm trying to say today. Since God has so generously let us in on what he is doing, We're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into the occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. Basically, this is telling us what we should be doing. Um, We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. We keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who, who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. We refuse to wear masks and play games. You know, the purpose of the mask is to cover up our true identity. To cover up the real you. That's why, we wear, that's why you would wear a mask. And also, there's times when we put masks on because we want to blend in with our surroundings. And when we come to church, is a prime example. We're all human. We've all got stuff that needs to be dealt with and sorted out. Every single one of us, not one of us can stand up here and say that we're perfect before God because we're absolutely not. But there's times when we come in with this mask on because we're covering up many different things. It could be sin in our life because we just don't want anybody to know. We, We want people to look at us like everything's good, everything's fine. But the only person you're fooling is yourself. Your friends might think, yeah, no, he's cool, everything's good with, with her, that's, that's fine. But the only person you're actually fooling is yourself because you'll go home, you take your mask off, and you'll slip back into to, to the life that we lead through the week. But there's also other reasons for wearing masks. Sometimes we wear masks because we're hurt. We're hurting because people have hurt us. And we walk in, we put a mask on, and we got to the person who perhaps has hurt us. Say good morning, all smiles and everything else. But inside we're ripping apart because we're hurting. We also wear a mask because there's times when we're in pain. We need healing. We need physical healing. 
but we don't tell anybody. So we put this mask on and we walk around in pain. We walk around with, with just being diagnosed with something awful. But can, if, if, if nobody knows about this, how do you know anybody's praying for you? If nobody knows about this. See, a mask is um, something can cover up just multitudes of things. And I'm, I'm guessing that each one of us from time to time have one a mask and there may be and I believe there's perhaps a few here this morning and you've got that mask on at the moment because you don't want people to see the real you or you don't want people to see that you're in pain to see that you're hurting to see that you're struggling but can I just say this we are all human it's nothing to be embarrassed about if we're struggling with something every day I struggle with something each one of us do and like I've already said, it, it could be struggling with a particular sin that just kind of keeps repeating in our lives and we just can't break free from it. Or it could be one of the other things I mentioned. See, the point is God has always been and will always be more concerned about the real you. He do, he's not interested in this mask. He doesn't want to see you looking all shiny and lovely on a Sunday morning and going back and crying your eyes out on a Sunday night. He's not interested in us being fake, for want of a better word. And I know it's not a deliberate thing. Maybe it is. Maybe there's the odd occasion when we deliberately just, you know. But there's times when we have to put this mask on because we just, we just can't cope with, with other people sometimes. We can't cope with questions. We can't cope with somebody saying, hang in there, it's going to be all right. How many times as a Christian have we heard that? That's great. Don't get me wrong. We need to encourage people. That's the sort of stuff we do need to do. But there's times when I've just kind of been down there and someone says, hang in there, mate. It's going to be all right. And I wanted to give him a slap because I think, go away. Leave me alone. Let me wallow in self-pity. Proverbs uh, chapter 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And because of that, it's really important for us to be real with God. He can see absolutely everything. He can see into our hearts. He can see into our lives. And he can see when we're, when we're messing with him. We can't cover it up. We can't hide it. This is the creator of the world. The creator of the universe. But he sent his Holy Spirit for this reason. Obviously, he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us. So that we can have a, this opportunity to be with him which is amazing, and I thank God for that every day. Yeah, I was talking to Phil last night about, um, to be honest, you know, we've, we've kind of, in a way, we've got it fairly easy. And what I'm saying is, you look at the Old Testament. You sin in the Old Testament, you're a dead man. If you just read through the Old Testament, there's wars, there's fights. Some bloke and his wife sold a field. They went to the disciples. They said, how much did you get for the field? I got this much. You liar. Poof, that bloke's dead. His wife comes in. They, she didn't know anything about this. And they said, how much did you sell the field for? She sold. we sold it for this, which they didn't. They sold it for less. Bang, she was dead. <laughs> Thank God that I don't live in the Old Testament because um, I think I would have gone a long time ago. Um, but, you know, God made a way for us. He made a way that we can just come before him and say, God, I'm really sorry. I repent of my sins. 
So I kind of think we've got it slightly easier. We've got the opportunity to sort ourselves out. See, often we wear a mask as well because we're ashamed of who we are. We can be ashamed of, of whether it's to do with work or, or how we live at home. We could be ashamed because, you know, we, we may not have the money to buy nice clothes. We could be ashamed because we haven't got food in the cupboard, but we won't tell anybody that because we're embarrassed. We're a church. We need to look out for each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to help each other. And if you're that person who's coming today and you've got all this stuff laid down on your head, then can I encourage you to tell somebody that you're struggling with something? We will have opportunity to pray later because I believe God, God's going to bring release among certain people this morning. I believe chains going to be broken. I believe God's going to open our eyes and just help us to think it's going to be okay. See, we obviously all do struggle. That's why it says in Romans uh, chapter 3.23 is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, not, not one of us is, is free from that. As in, sorry, we, <laughs> we're free from that, but we still struggle with that. But I thank God that we can come to him every single day. His mercies are new every morning. So if your mask this morning is because you've got this sin in your life and you're just struggling to get free from this, remember that God's mercies are new every morning. Now that doesn't give us a free ticket to go and do whatever we want. And you know, I, I believe so strongly that when, when you're saved, that's it, you're saved. But that doesn't mean to say that we, we can just go and live our life exactly how we want, causing problems for other people or, or doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing, doing things that aren't biblical, aren't right in the eyes of God. We still need to watch how we live. We still need to be careful. And, and that's why I say this morning about um, with, with your evangelism and the other stuff that's going on with this church, if we want to be effective, then we need to be real with God. If we really want God to use us, then we have to be open. If we really want God to change our life, then we have to be open. We have to be real with him. He knows what our life is like. He knows what's going on, but we need to make the first step to turn around and say, God, okay, I'm sorry. I've completely messed up again. Or I need you. Change me, heal me, whatever is needed this morning. You know, in a, in a, a relationship, man or wife, if you're not real with your partner, you're not going to have a relationship with them. If we're not honest with our partners, our relationship is not good. Because we can't be real with our partners. We need to be real with our partners to be able to form a good marriage, a good relationship, a good friendship. We have to be open. So how can we expect to have this brilliant relationship with God if we are not real with him? I learned that quite a long time ago and... It just sort of, it's one of those things which is very simple and very obvious. But it's something I think about a lot. Because I just think, if I'm not on my knees, if I'm not spending time with him, how can I expect God to use me? How can I expect God to change me? Because I went through, 
as we all have, we go through stages. And I went through stages where I was really struggling with certain things in life, certain sins, stuff that I just kept doing. I'm like, oh, God, I'm sorry. And I was really beating myself up about it. And it was just going on and on and on. I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't deal with it how I needed to deal with it. But what I wasn't doing, I wasn't spending time in his presence. I wasn't spending time reading the word of God. And what I found, the more I read the word of God, the less I wanted to sin. The more I read the word of God and spent time in his presence, the less I wanted to hang out with people I shouldn't be hanging out with. The more I loved him. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And if God has drawn near to you, you ain't going to want to do the stuff that perhaps you struggled or struggle with. We've got to be real with God. We've got to draw near to him. If we want to see breakthrough in our lives, we need to be real with God. James chapter 4. Now the message, again, puts, well, by both King James and the message actually put this very strongly. You're cheating on God. The message puts adulterers and adulteresses. Okay, so this is strong stuff. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God. Something we don't want. And his way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb has it that he's fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. So let God work his will in you. Yell aloud, no to the devil. And watch him scamper. But if you say a quiet yes to God, he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. Get really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Really, really strong words from the Bible there. But they wouldn't be in there if we didn't need to hear them. Now, you may be here this morning and everything might be absolutely hunky-dory and you may have burnt all your masks and everything's good. And I praise God for that. But I do believe that all of us have still got a mask hanging up in a closet. And you may have it on this morning. Or it may be at home, just in case you need it again. <laughs> but when Jesus died on a cross, he died so that every single sin would be dealt with. And it is, because we got the opportunity to deal with that ourselves. But I want to encourage us this morning that if there's stuff that we keep doing... Let's get it dealt with. Let's spend more time in his presence. And let's take the sin, put it at the foot of the cross, and leave it there. Don't pick it up again. But it's not just sin. I mean, I keep saying sin only because it's something that people generally do struggle with. But, I mean, there's a lot of other things. There's hurt, there's pain, there's healing, there's all of this stuff. And, we, you know, I've been to meetings and I've, and I've heard of somebody whose leg grew. Um, a little bit extra because they were kind of sort of short on one side. And it physically grew. The, the person who I was talking to told me you could see it grow. And this person was so freaked out that she couldn't accept it. And the next day, 
she was back like that again because she didn't accept what God had done. So when we're healed, or when we've, we've come to a meeting, we've been prayed for and we're thinking, right, God, I'm taking hold of this. I believe today I've, I'm, I'm healed. I believe today that I am going to be changed, that you have done this. So when, what we do, we take that thing, we leave it at the cross, and when we leave the church, we leave it at the cross. We don't take it with us out the door. Because so often we can be in the presence of God. We can be, you know, you've got the worship going. God is moving. You can feel the anointing and the power of God like we did this morning. And there's always this incredible atmosphere when you're in the presence of God. And people are being prayed for. And at the end, um, I, I pray and trust in God that we'll see this today. But people coming forward for prayer. And you're being changed. You can feel the anointing of God. And you go out and you're on a high few days through the week, we start to slip back into this kind of way of life. Or we start to doubt what happened on a Sunday. Or we feel a bit deflated because we're at work and things aren't so good. So we kind of forget what God is doing. So, but basically, we need, a, we need to take what we experience here with us. God is with us all the time. God is with us all the time. But we so often leave God here as well. And this is something, you know, when I say this to you guys, I say this to myself as much as anybody. Because I am no different to any of you here. The only difference is I've got a microphone in my hand. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. If we can't learn to leave stuff here, then we're always going to find things hard. Because we just take it with us and drag it around with us. We just drag the scrap around with us everywhere we go. You know, we need, let's, let's believe that, that you know, you, you're talking about the evangelism and, and all of this sort of thing and praying for people on the streets and stuff. That's incredible. But we need to rely on the power of God more than the music. And I'll explain what I mean. In a meeting, you've got the music going, you can feel the presence of God, you can feel the anointing of God. It's very easy for someone to go up and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray you be healed. And you've got the faith because you can just feel the presence of God around you. But when you're walking through the street and you see somebody in pain, you're not all of, gonna, all of a sudden going to have Phil or, or, or any other worship leader jump out from behind the box and start playing lovely music so you can pray for them. I suppose you could carry around a, a jukebox or something, put a bit of worship music on, just start to pray. <laughs> It'd probably look a bit weird, wouldn't it? But just trust in the anointing of God. Because I tell you what, that is, a, that is a step of faith. If you're praying for somebody in the street, ordinarily that's not the sort of thing you would want to do. It's not a natural thing to do, is it? But if you're prepared to make a fool of yourself for God, then he will show you the power of God. He will back that up. He'll be looking at you and thinking, wow, that's awesome that this guy's prepared to make himself look a little bit stupid for me. So bang, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Revelation, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. This is in the New King James Version. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Uh, the message puts it like this. I know you inside out and find little to my liking. Nice. You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either hot or cold. You're stale. You're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. You brag. I'm rich. I've got it made. 
I need nothing more from anyone. Oblivious to that in the factor of pitiful, blind beggar, threadbare and homeless. That's scary stuff. That was, I don't know if I mentioned, but that was in Revelation. But, you know, reading, reading stuff like this always hits me. Because I just know that all the time, and again, I'll, I'll probably keep repeating this all morning. None of us are perfect. None of us will get there until we finally meet him. But we've got to work towards that. We've got to try. We've got to do our part. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He's done his part. He sent the Holy Spirit. So we've got help. We've got somebody helping us. Not just anybody. When we're struggling, we can turn to him and we know that there is a real anointing, a real presence of the Spirit of God. We need to stay connected with him. We need to get real with him. We need to get real with God. If we want to see things happen, we need to get real with God. If we want to see lives change, we need to get real with God. If we want the sin, uh, sorry, if we want to, God to use us in, in miraculous ways, we need to get rid of the stuff in our lives which, are not, which is not pleasing to him. But this is stuff, again, that we work on all the time. I'm not trying to throw stuff at you this morning that's impossible. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't preach this if I didn't believe it was possible. God will never allow us to go through anything that we can't cope with. So you may be facing something or going through something this morning, which is um, the hardest thing you've ever had to go through. And you're thinking, God, where are you in all of this? He will not let you go through this unless you can cope with it. And then when you get out of this and you look back, I mean, there's been many things, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have had situations where you look back over the years. And you've got to remind yourselves of this because I look back and I see times when, when um, right in the early days of our marriage where we had no food, we had no money to pay the bills, and we just felt like we were in an impossible situation. But I came home from church one day and there was a pile of shopping on my front door. And it wasn't just stuff that I needed. It was stuff that was a blessing as well. Well, it's all a blessing, but you know what I mean? There were things that I didn't need in those bags that God just wanted to bless us. Nobody knew we were struggling because we had our masks on. So we didn't tell anyone. But I thank God that he did. And this is what happens. But I still believe we need to tell people when we're in a situation that we're struggling with. And please, let me ask you this, not to be embarrassed about it. Not to be embarrassed because God wants to heal you. It's not his will for us to be sick. It is not God's will for us to struggle. But there's times when we have to go through things that he allows us to go through, that tests us, that builds our faith. If you're praying, God, give me patience, don't be surprised if something happens in your life where you've got to be really patient. I've been praying for, I, I know, I have known, and so has my wife known, for probably 20, 25 years that we're called into the ministry. I've known it for a long time. 
I've had a lot of confirmation. We've had a lot of scriptures. But it got to a point not so long ago where, where both of us were on our knees crying our eyes out, saying, God, is this ever going to happen? Have I been barking up the wrong tree? But all of those years I look back is preparation. God's timing is perfect, okay? We know this, but we need to remind ourselves of it from time to time. God's timing is absolutely 100% perfect. He's not late and he's not early. Because if he was, it would throw our lives out of sync completely. I thank God that he knows better than me. God's answers are always better than our prayers. Always more accurate than our prayers. There was another time when we were, again, financially struggling a bit. And we had about, I don't know, uh, we were basically the car was running on fumes. So we're thinking, well, it's about a 15-minute drive to church. This is when we were living in um, Plymouth, down the southwest. I said to Nina, I said to my wife, well, I said, what are we going to do? I said, I've got no money. She had no money at the time. And we desperately felt we needed to be at church. I said, let's just go. So we had enough to get us there. So we got there, and I'm also thinking, for, you know what it's like? You're sitting through me and saying, God, what are you doing? How are we going to pay for this? How are we going to get home? How are we going to pay for dinner? How are we, you know, just, you know. And then you really start to feel sorry for yourself, don't you? It's ridiculous. Because we serve a God of the impossible. So we really need to have a bit more faith in what he's doing with our lives. But nonetheless, we're human, like I've already said. So we were sitting there. After the meeting, I'm starting to get a bit nervous, thinking I'm going to have to walk home now. I'm going to have to leave the car here and, and drag the kids up the, up the motorway. <laughs> But straight after the meeting, a gentleman come up to us and he said, God has told me to give you this. And he handed us £100. Unbelievable. To some, that may not seem a lot. To us, that was a million pounds. Because that paid for um, fuel in the car, food for the week. Incredible. God knows what you're going through this morning. You can't hide it from him. God knows what you're going through today. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.